Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's the goal of this podcast to communicate late breaking news and thoughtful insights about the broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to the broad array of stakeholders that are working in the ResNet ecosystem. So whether you're a consumer, rater, builder, realtor, appraiser, you want to hear about these evolving trends in home energy ratings. I'm your host, Bill Spohn, and I've been working in the HVACR and building performance industries for nearly 30 years. We're trying to help ResNet get the message out to more stakeholders about what's going on inside the ResNet processes. So it's the new year. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the new year and some goals and priorities that ResNet has set for themselves for the year of 2019. And in this episode, Steve Baden, who's the executive director of ResNet, will cover some of these programs and initiatives that are rolling out in 2019 and beyond. Things like consumer awareness, the demand for ratings, sustaining the quality of the ratings, and working hard to continue to be recognized as the gold standard for measuring and labeling home performance. Some interesting things like the new HERS Water Rating Index and the Home Performance Installation Standard should be launching by the time of the conference. We'll be talking about those things today. So ResNet finished strong in 2018 with ratings up 10,000 over 2017, and there's growing engagement from a more diverse and younger participants in the whole aspects of ResNet. So let's listen in as Steve gives us an overview of the goals and priorities for ResNet for 2019. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing fine. It's always a pleasure to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to do this too. (laughs) I learn a lot and I have a lot of fun too. A lot of interesting people come on board. 2019, we're recording this here in sort of the second week of January. I have like more than 11 months ahead of us. What's it look like in an overview for 2019 for ResNet? I think this is going to be an exciting time. I think the ResNet Board of Directors set some notable and ambitious goals and set some priorities we're going to head. And I think that moving this direction is going to help everyone. It's going to help the industry grow. And then it's also the ultimate value of this. It's going to help consumers have more affordable homes and be able to make a choice in the marketplace upon home energy performance. And that's really ultimately what you're trying to do. And it's part of your mission statement, I believe, to set a gold standard for measuring and labeling home performance. Exactly. Gold standard means you need to work on maintaining it. And it sounds that's what's in your scope for 2019. Continue improvement. Can you get in some of the details of that? Well, in terms of the activity is we've made a number of improvements in 2018, particularly looking at ensuring the quality of the services through quality assurance oversight. We've added a field specialist and we've utilized new technology with our registry to be able to give us some more real-time information. Now we'll have a full year to be able to do it. We're constantly improving our technical standards to reflect the developments in the marketplace. I think two notable things that was accomplished in 2018 was a size adjustment factor that created greater parity for smaller homes as compared to larger homes. Because in the past, it was much easier to get a lower score with a larger home. Now we've worked as such that it's a parity basis and small homes, particularly those built for first-time home buyers and have a tough humanity now can be on a level playing field. And then the second one, which is getting into technology is that we've now finally changed our standards to give credit for LED lighting. 
always before LED, it was treated the same as fluorescent. And there's been a proverbial revolution in terms of improvement of lighting performance and the cost of LEDs going down. So it took a while, but we finally got that upon it so you can get credit, a builder can get credit by putting in LED lighting. The most exciting thing in 2019 we're looking at improving that, and this is more in your realm, of crediting a builder who does commissioning of the HVAC system to make sure it's properly sized, properly maintained, and properly charged. And this is a new one, always before one of the criticisms of ratings, which was, I think, very appropriate, was that we just took nameplate information in terms of efficiency. And we all know how uh, that is not the case of point, unfortunately. We did do something for grading of insulation, but we never did something for HVAC systems. And we took another change, which frankly, I'll say we got inspired from the state of California. In the insulation, what happens is you get downgraded for not having as efficient insulation installing. What we're doing is creating incentive for builders who wants to improve their scores by you get credit and get reduced scores for actually coming in and making sure the system is sized properly and is operating the way the manufacturer specs are. And I think that that creates an incentive. And I think it's one of the easiest ways that builders can now get points. And I think we're going to see the reflection in the field of much better sized and operating HVAC systems because of this change that's taking place. And the typical parameter out there is 40% of energy is used in buildings. So this is a very big thing that feeds back into ResNet's overall goal. Yes, because we've all seen numbers oversizing the problem of not having the proper charges. And by making this, and we can start improving at the first step at 220,000 homes a year that we rate, that makes immediate impact in the marketplace and significant savings. And there are also equipment durability, comfort issues. I mean, it's all about satisfying the stakeholders in the industry of home building. Now, unfortunately, we're a little bit slowed up than our release date because the head of our committee working on this works for the Environmental Protection Agency, which is currently furloughed because of the government shutdown. But we're getting close. We'll hopefully, for everyone's sake, that the shutdown won't last too much longer. But our goal is to be able to announce this at the ResNet conference in February. Just a quick side note for those that listening to this before the ResNet conference that starts the 24th. Is that when things really kick off there? I think so. Yeah, 24th is a Sunday. So yeah, things should be rolling and then up and rolling full steam on Monday the 25th of February 2019. And everyone, it's the best conference you're going to have in terms of energy ratings and how it fits from build performance. Plus, it's unique because it will be in New Orleans the week before Mardi Gras. So a good time will be had by all. <laughs> yes. And I was just looking over some of the emails you're sending out, the uh, promotional emails to get signups for the conference. And it's really pretty densely packed with sessions here. And I think that's going to be reflective of some of the goals for 2019, if you want to talk about how the conference will mesh with the plans and the goals. So that's going to be like where it really starts to become live. Absolutely. In two fronts, one of which is to expose the industry stakeholders and sponsors of these improvements that we're making and changes that's coming into the ResNet, but also learning new opportunities on how to market your services, get more customers. And then finally, we have a whole new ball game in terms of Washington. We have a new Congress. And frankly, energy performance now is back on the table in terms of discussions of national policy, both among Republicans and among Democrats in the House and the Senate. 
So this is going to be an exciting year. The other purpose how this fits in the conference is it aims towards which one of our priorities is to build cohesion within the HERS industry. Because while the education sessions are very invaluable of learning what's going on, seeing what the latest is and services and products at the trade show, but there is no underestimating the value of networking, meeting people, and just being able to expose yourself to thoughts and ideas in the hallways, at lunches, or in bars. And that does, in overall, build a more cohesion. People get mentors, able to find mentors, be able to find contacts that can help them, and then just general new ideas. And this all helps then by building a more cohesive industry. Yes, and there's been a lot of effort that I conceive up one of these things is the podcast, but of course, the emails have got a refresh look about them. And there's some town hall type meetings planned for the conference and a lot of dialogue going on, right? Absolutely. We're excited. This is the first experience on the town halls. We're going to be having one with the resident board of directors, which hopefully becomes more transparent. One of our goals is to make the whole ResNet process more transparent. And I think the podcast that we're doing is one of those initiatives, the conference, of course. But this is a chance then for people to meet and hear what the issues are, the board members' directions are going, and ask questions. And we're going to be doing the same thing with ResNet staff. So do you have any targets on the calendar for these priorities for implementation? I think that most of them are going to be ongoing. As I mentioned first, our most immediate goal in terms of standard development is to have this HVAC system in line so that we can start taking advantage of that process as soon as possible. There's been a lot of dedicated people working on coming out about this. I do want to acknowledge to this hard work that people have been doing to this. This is what makes ResNet work is the volunteers who put countless hours with their expertise and sharing of ideas and developing a collaborative process. But that's our first thing. But everything else is more going to being unveiled through the year. The other initiative that we have as a priority is increasing the demand for HERS ratings. And we're going to be doing that through several exercises, one of which we're actually now planning on unveiling in 2019, a marketing effort to increase the awareness among consumers of the HERS index, give tools to builders to understand why they should have their homes rated, and then also have a bigger footprint in terms of the trade industries by having exhibits at the International Builders Show, appraiser conferences, and the various real estate industry conferences to put us in the forefront and top of their mind of knowing what the benefits of this can be and how we can work together. That's very much so. And I can almost visualize in my mind sort of like a mind map, if you will, of how all these different points you're trying to bring together. And it's no mean feat. It's not an easy road to hoe to pull all these things together. But it's a challenge. You can look at challenge and change two ways. One, it is tough. It does take a lot of energy, but it's just a wealth of opportunity too. And that's where I see it's this whole industry is on this verge of going to the next level. And it's exciting to see it grow. And while we are increasing around 10,000 homes, matter of fact, in 2018, we did approximately 10,000 more homes rated in the U.S. than we did in 2017. We want to go to the next level and even have more dramatic change. And this is going to involve marketing, engagement with the industry. And then the other factor I think is a key one is part of our effort is to educate and work with building code officials on why they make them aware of the services and the abilities that HERS raters do, why you can trust them because of the quality assurance behind them, the standards that they have to adhere to. 
And the idea then it becomes a viable option for code officials who are stressed with work tight budgets to be able to recognize raiders to be able to do a lot of these code inspections that are in the field. Because as codes become much, much more complicated, they're getting more and more performance-based. For instance, now in the IECC, the International Energy Conservation Code, you'll see requirements for duct testing and blower door testing. Code officials really don't have the time, resources to become experts on doing those tests. This is a perfect step that raiders can do. And what's nice about it is the role of a raider in terms of code is not only being the code inspection gotcha at the end, but if you will, the facilitator between the trades, the designers, the builder, and the code officials. So day from day one, everyone knows the direction it's going. There'll be no surprises. And frankly, should be very few call-ups because that's the raider's role. So I think that's another exercise that's going to create a demand. And we're very fortunate to be able to work with the International Code Council, which is the mother organization of building code officials, into making this happen. But one of the big mega trends out there, though, is increasingly the code is becoming more performance-based. Yes, and it only makes sense. Technology is enabling that on both sides, the equipment side, the radar side, and also the data transference side. So speaking of some new technologies, how about the water rating index? What's going on there? That's the other factor. We have a technical standard. We're doing a pilot program in about eight states. Our goal is to have the ANSI standard adopted. We went through the first public review. I think we're in the second round of that. Once we develop the ANSI standard, we'll be able then to start unrolling the system. Ryan Myers of our staff has been heading this up and has been working on developing the check sheets, working with software programs included in their programs, and then also the trainings necessary so that we could actually be then unveiling this in 2019 and then start marketing and giving the tools to raiders to be able to market this as a new service to the builders. In addition, we've been working with water districts across the country that's saying that this provides them a whole new opportunity to look at uh, water efficiency. Pretty much in the past, most water efficient programs are widget-based. You get so much for low flush toilet, you get so much for low head showers. This provides institutions an ability to be able to reward performance on a whole house basis, which does several things. One, the savings are much, much more greater. It's documented by third-party review. And I think that this is something going to be take off. And I think as water becomes a more expensive commodity because water rates and sewer rates are going up at average about 11% each year, which is much higher than energy cost. And in certain areas, like I live in California, water becomes an even scarcer commodity. And this provides, I think, an opportunity for water districts who are facing high cost or even shortages to be able to tap the housing market Because again, as you mentioned on housing, buildings use a significant percent of water. And this is an opportunity to be able to do stringent targets and provide incentives and stuff based upon performance. So part of the communication effort, a lot of this is communication is what it sounds like. You've established the goals. You've got sort of the internal operations going on, the standards development, the teams involved, the personnel. But so part of the communication, will there be things going on with the website and the user experience on the website? Yes. One of their goals and things is to make it a much more enriching experience for people to use our website. It had grown over the years and frankly was milled together as growth and it's become clunky. And we're doing major overhauls to make it more intuitive, take more advantage of the new technologies, make it more visual graphic, 
make it more able to be used by tablets and iPhones. And I think that that is really our face if you see it that way. And that's a major exercise we've been working on. We're hoping to unveil our professional site, which is the resource for Raiders builders at the conference. And we're also now working on a consumer-based site that would be answer questions among home buyers of what's a rating? How can I tell if my home's been rated? How can I find a rater? What's involved with a rating? The other part we're doing, which is going to be important in 19 as part of this communications, if you will, is that we're actually now looking at consumer-oriented marketing. Always in the past, because of limited resources, we shied away from marketing directly to consumers, but rather trade allies and builders. But with the whole change of the way that Americans get information, reflect news and the social media and web, we are now able to be able to do some pretty interesting marketing efforts based upon social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, that would be prohibitively expensive to do through television, newspapers. So we're going to be getting our feet wet and actually doing the first exercises. In 2019, we're going to be focused on some three major markets. What we're looking at is markets that have a large number of homes being built, but have a fairly low percentile of homes being rated. And it's going to be a dual strategy of aiming at the infrastructure, the builders, why they should have their homes rated, but also to consumers, why they should ask for homes rating. That's another thing that's going to be exciting to come to conference because we're going to be availing our marketing strategy at the conference. But this is a big step for ResNet that we're actually getting into the consumer. And since Americans buy homes differently now, they get their information differently. These new technology revolution that's taking place allows it affordable to reach directly and to be able to target and channel to people who are actually looking at buying a home versus the old days of mass media. Yeah, you can't quite yet buy a home off the internet. You can buy a car off the internet directly and have it delivered to you. Well, Zilla has big plans. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a little bit of insider information here. Huh? Oh, I, yeah, I was doing something else and I needed to get a value of a house on for some exercise, personal. And I went on Zillow and there it was and it gave information on where you can go to buy the house. <laughs> wow. And I think the new generation of people buying homes, this is their world and that's what they're going to be looking for. To me, I'm really excited about the future because of two facts. One is I think this is a field where most American trades are in desperate problems getting young people in. This is something I think young people are seeing as increasingly interested in getting into building performance and then also specifically being ratings because you deal a lot with computers, you deal with technology. And then what's important to the new emerging generation is that you're doing something that helps the environment and helps the economy. So it's kind of a win-win. And so we're increasingly, one of the things I've noted, I'm a gray buried myself, one of those aging baby boomers. But one of the things that make me feel good that each year I go to the conference, I see the conference much more younger than the previous conference and more diverse. And I think that's hope for the industry. But on the other hand, the new generation of people coming into the marketplace and buying homes are savvy about using technology and information bases to be able to make their own personal choices. And I think this is one way that we can reach out and have that information available in a format that they can receive themselves without having to go through filters. Right. The things they can study up on, can research, can learn things that are at their fingertips. And you do have to become sort of the verifiable source for that. And as much as you've built it up with the trade partners, you need to build it up with consumers too. 
And that goes to values you mentioned before, making the user experience with our websites that much quicker, easier to use, and quicker to find. So those people looking for that information doesn't have to go through one link after another link to another link to another link, and then confronted with a PDF that's 20 pages long. And as you mentioned, the younger and more diverse crowd coming to the conference as the years go by, you also have, is it the ELC, Emerging Leadership Council? The Emerging Leadership Council, that's right, and which is the wild front of new ideas. And that's going to be our future leaders. And we wanted to create an environment by which they don't have to be always in the back, but they actually can sit in the front seat. And so listeners who wish to get involved, that's something you can find out more about, info at resnet.us, I'm sure, and you'll get a response on that. Or come to the conference and learn directly firsthand. Come to the conference. There's several sessions on it, including a special reception for the Emerging Leadership Council. Very nice. They're a fun group of people. We've gone through a lot of the different points here in the goals and priorities for ResNet. It's an impressive list. Have we left anything out? Anything that rises to the top? I think there's a couple other things that we're going to be doing that's important that I'd like to bring up. And one is, even though we're a nonprofit, we're basically a business. There's salaries that have to be paid. There's internet. There's just stuff you have to be able to do it. And if you're going to do marketing and website, that's all expensive. And so one of the priorities that we're meeting is to be able to be financially integral, financial integrity of management, and then also sustainable. We made a decision from day one not to rely upon government funding, but put our faith in the marketplace, which has turned out to be right now a wise idea because we're not waiting from checks not being written by a federal agency. And the marketplace does work. And so that sustainability is important. And as we grow and more ratings are taking place, we have more resources to reinvent there. But the most important thing, besides having a sustainable and enough money to do what needs to be done, which we've been blessed to do, but also we need to show that there's quality behind it and its integrity. One of the things that the board of directors to, to make this more transparent and more credible is that even though we do not have to do it, we have an annual financial and management audit in which we have independent professionals, auditors come in, review our books, review our management stuff, review our process through every nick and cranny, and then come out with it. 2017 was our second year. And in both 2016 and 2017 audits, we got a thumbs up from an auditor, which is unusual. We had no findings whatsoever. And I think what that says is that not only we're investing in the future, but we're being wise custodians of the resources that the raiders and stuff are paying into it and we're providing a make sure that there is no a waste or abuse going on. And I think that's important for the listeners to realize that we take our stewardship very seriously. The board is paying close attention to that and the fact that they've committed. Audits are not cheap, but I just think that's just another sign of the whole goal towards being a gold standard, both in terms of internal finances, management, technical standards, quality assurance. It's all that we've got the aim of being the best that we could possibly be, knowing that each year there's room for even more improvement. Yes. And in order to be an organization that espouses quality, you need to look internally to maintain that quality and those aspects in the guards. And it's good to have the critical look at you because you find out things that you didn't think or laws change, times change, building management practices change. It's never fun to go through an audit, but it is an education process and it does make the organization that much stronger because of it. It shows. I think I've seen a lot of freshness and activity in the last few years in ResNet. You know, as Bob Dylan says, if you're not busy being born, you're busy dying. <laughs> okay. 
and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. You're dating us. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of great priorities that have been set by the board of directors. You can meet these individuals in person. You can meet Steve at the conference, a lot of sessions, a lot of informal opportunities to dialogue about this. So I think really it, it behooves everyone in the home energy rating system, all the components of it to come to this conference, or if not this year, take a look at it next year, but this year will be a great one. And check out our website. You'll be noticed and come back and then you'll be seeing these improvements. And hopefully each time you go back, you'll have a better experience and easier to find what you're looking for. Did we cover it all, Steve? I think we did. We do have an infographic on this that will be sent out. You can find that infographic if you go to our REST blog, which is on the website. On our professional side, you'll see a little bullet that says REST blog. It's worth taking a look at it. It goes a little bit more detailed than what we have, but in a graphic sense. And I think it's important everyone knows where we're going, what's our goals, and what's our priorities 2019. So everyone knows that we're on the same boat. Yeah. And they're pulling together. Well, very good. Well, thank you for coming on, Steve, and look forward to seeing you next month in New Orleans at the conference. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Res Talk podcast. We hope you heard a few things in this episode where Steve illuminated the goals and priorities for 2019 for ResNet. If you like what you heard today and you not yet subscribed, please consider doing so by typing ResTalk, R-E-S-T-A-L-K, into the search bar in any of the typical podcast apps, or even just go online and type in ResTalk Podcast. I think you'll find us. You can also listen to your browser by following the links at resnet.us slash professional. If you're a consumer listening to this and you want to learn more about the benefits of home energy rating, cruise on over to resnet.us, and there's a consumer site there to tell you more. So I'd like to leave you with a quote or thought for today that relates to our episode. And this is by Melody Beattie. The new year stands before us like a chapter in a book waiting to be written. We can help write that story by setting goals. That's exactly what we talked about today was ResNet setting goals for themselves as an organization, as a nonprofit, but as a standards-making organization and what they can do to roll out better things for homes in home energy rating. If you're not subscribed, again, please do so. And as always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spone, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on Res Talk. Mm-hmm.